0: Thanks for listening to The Awakening Podcast. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Today, I want to talk to you uh, from the subject kingdom complex, kingdom complex. And, you know, we've been speaking about uh, flesh and spirit. But today, I want to go another step in this conversation. And I want to talk to you about kingdom over culture, kingdom over culture. Culture. This piggybacks on this concept. We're talking about what is our worldview? How do we interact with society? How do we interact with the world we find ourselves currently living in? And, 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 and how do we engage? How do we speak? How do we live? How do we walk? How do we talk? I pray that we are first and foremost known as kingdom people, that we have a kingdom complex of our mind, a kingdom complex, a set of ideas, way we think, way we live, way we interact. I pray we are known visibly as kingdom people, kingdom of the living God. I want to read to you uh, a couple verses from Ephesians chapter 6. If you if you have your Bible, go ahead and, and open up and you can follow along. Uh, I pray that you're reading your Bible right now. It's in need of more than ever, Ephesians 6. I'm going to read quite a few verses, and let's read together. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I don't know if you feel weak. Or weary or tired, but here's your charge today. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might, not your might or your intellect or your direction. No, our trust first and foremost is in the Lord Almighty. Therefore, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, note that word, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The devil does have his schemes, he does have his ways, he does have his thoughts, but God's ways and God's thoughts are higher than the devil's or man's thoughts, and God will have his way. It continues on and says, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle is not against people, but it is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. It's against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, now, will you just look at some of the phraseology here in Ephesians? He, he's saying we are in a battle. You, you are in a struggle. If you feel tired, or exhausted, or weary, there is a reason. But it's not a physical battle, and it shouldn't be a physical one. It is a spiritual one. And, and it's it, you're not you're not fighting against lemmings. You're not fighting against weaklings. You're fighting against some pretty serious stuff. There are rulers and authorities. Look at this, cosmic powers. In other words, there are things happening in dimensions and realms that we can't even understand, and yet we're feeling their effects. We're fighting back. We're pushing against, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. But it goes on, but therefore, seeing that you're in this fight, Take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand, there's that word again, stand in the evil day. Make no mistake, we are in our evil day. We are in our day of adversity, and and we are in our day where there is difficulty in our living. And so right now, we find ourselves in this moment, withstand in the evil day. And having done all, stand firm. Having done all you can, stand firm. Having prayed all you can pray, spoken all you can have spoken, believed all you can believe, stand firm. You notice the pattern going on? Over and over, Paul's saying, you gotta stand. You gotta stand. You gotta withstand. He goes on, quite a few verses here. Stand therefore, there it is again, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. He goes on to say, in all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You know, I wanted to read this whole segment of scripture because there's quite a few things in here that I think that you need. And I want to focus in right here on the sword of the spirit. All these other things that Paul is speaking about are defensive weapons. They're they're talking about having the proper equipment, about having a shield. But here he says, but you should have a sword. You should be able to go on offense When you have the word of God, you are able to slice through lies. You are able to slice through ideologies that are anti-Christ. You are able to slice through things that are coming against you and against your family and against your home. But you must know the word with which to fight with. This is the sword of the spirit that God has put in your hands, but you have to be able to put it into practice. You have to be able to know it. Therefore, you must be able to read it, give yourself to it. It is life-giving, and, it's, and it cuts down things that come to bring harm and evil into your life. Are you with me? The sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Tonight, I've got a lot of verses. Why? Because that's where the sword is. And I want you to notice this one part. And he says, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert. Keep alert with perseverance, stand strong, making supplication for all the saints. And also, he adds, for me. This is where Paul gets personal. And he says that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. He's writing about the ability to persevere, and yet he is in his moment of personal perseverance. And he's saying, hey, will you get ready to do whatever it takes to stand firm for the gospel? And then he reveals, and I'm doing that right now. I'm writing this letter to you, but I'm in chains right now. In fact, I'm, I'm struggling with fear. So will you pray that when I open my mouth, I will be able to pro- boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel saying, I need help in this area. Will you pray for me? Here is the great apostle Paul saying, I need some help. I need some people around me to pray for me so that I may declare the gospel boldly as I ought to speak. I want you to know right now, you are, I am, we are as a people in a very difficult and strange situation. We're in strange times and in a strange season. And we are not going to get through it operating in old ways. We are not going to be able to persevere against new schemes and new strategies of the enemy unless we get a fresh revelation and fresh word from God. What am I saying? I'm saying that God has created you to persevere in the hour of adversity. But you are going to have to operate, believe, live in a new way. With a new faith, with a new revelation, you're going to have to come back to the word of God. Get around the saints of God. Begin to pray for each other in a new way, on a new level. Why? Because we are not called to be taken out in this day. We are called to overcome in this hour. But it might require, it might require us putting on some new armor of God. Beginning to fight like we've never fought before. Getting more serious trying new strategies, coming along the saints. Hear me, today is the day that you were not called to defeat, but you were called to victory. And and I want to help you figure out what to do in these next few seasons, next few months, maybe even years, and how to overcome when you're feeling overwhelmed. How do I overcome when I'm feeling overwhelmed? Maybe right now you're going through some of the stages of grief. And that would make sense because we have gone through truly and are going through not just a traumatic event, but a series of traumatic events as a culture. And, and when that shock happens, when that thing happens that is outside of your control, if you're not careful, you will respond poor, poorly. In fact, you have to decide your response. You know, uh, uh we we know in the stages of grief that it begins with denial. You 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 try to avoid or slip into apathy that this isn't happening or it's not it's not going to last or some people are responding to this situation in anger. Frustrated, irritable, ticked off, mad at you don't know who, authorities, everyone, everywhere. Some people are mad at each other in the store because we're not all operating on the same wavelength, we believe different things, and everybody's a little bit unnerved, a little bit frustrated. You know, we were talking to some of the state police uh, last week and talking about how we can help connect them into the communities that we're serving at another layer uh, level. And and the um, the state police told us as we were leaving, he's saying, "Right now, we know that people are hurting. We know that people need to be served." They're saying we see it on the streets that the number of road rage incidents in the last four months, he was saying, is more than I've seen on the job in the last 10 years. They are going up like we've never seen before, why? Because our response to what we're going through is either denial or anger or frustration or bargaining, trying to control other people, trying to control their response, trying to control anything that we can control, and it's a frustrating process. Some people are, are just in depression. They're, they're, just, they're just slipping into a state of uncontrolled emotion, emotional distress. And again, I'm, I'm not here to judge anyone's response. We have all gone through very difficult things in the past few months and are going through them right now. What I am trying to do, though, is say, despite wherever you land on the process, I do believe we can move, not just into acceptance, but we can move into victory. We can move into the next step that God has for us. Why? Because we're people of faith. We're not called to be hopeless. We're called to be hopeful. Faithless? No, faithful. We're called to be people that are moving forward, not of our own strength or ability, strategies or ideas, but because we have the ever-living, omnipotent power of the living God on us and in us. Therefore... What we go through does not define who we are. He is our source of identity. He has called us his children, co-heirs with Christ, more than conquerors. Therefore, we cannot stay in a sunken state forever. We've got to move on. We've got to find ourselves. Church, who are we called to be? How now shall we live? How should we love? How should we pray? What does faith look like? in the day of adversity? What does love look like in a loveless generation? What does good look like when we're surrounded by evil? What does faith look like today for you, for me, for our church? What does it look like to continue to have hope when others have lost hope? And maybe you say, Jordan, you're not preaching to me, you're preaching to someone else. I have come to a state where I am so overwhelmed I can't do anything. And I'm telling you, today is the day where God is going to bring you back from the brink. You might be exhausted emotionally, physically, relationally. You might be fatigued. You might be frustrated. Absolutely. But I want you to know the reason you are in this state is because there is a supernatural battle, and it is going on on a global level, and certainly on a national level. And you as a Christian, you are in the midst of this war. Understand the context that you are in. You are in a battle and you are not called to lose this battle. Yes, we are in supernatural warfare. And, and that is what we're facing. And I want you to know that, that the, the supernatural warfare that we are facing is expressing itself in natural chaos surrounding us. But I want you to know your faith will not falter. Your emotions will not be in control. Your hope will not fail. I am prophesying with my eyes open over your home, over your mind, over your heart. Today is not the day that you fall. This hour is not the hour that you succumb. This is the season for you to find victory in unlikely places. This is an unlikely time, but unlikely people are gonna be raised up. Deborah, Gideon, David, God is looking to discover those whose hearts are still turned towards him. Those that haven't given up, haven't gone the way of culture, haven't lost faith, but are saying, God, what are you doing? And could you use me? Are you still with me, church? I know it's a long process of me getting into my points here, but I want you to know what you're, what you're dealing with right now is what the whole world is dealing with. And I want you to begin to shift your mind. Here's my point. The battle you're facing will not end in defeat if you just don't give up. The battle you're facing will not end in defeat if you just don't give up. Today, I want to shift your mind towards a victorious every day. Why? Because children, you belong to God. And you have defeated these enemies. God's spirit is in you and is more powerful than the one who is in the world. What is in you and on you is more powerful than what is around you and coming against you. There's a story in the Old Testament where Moses is moving his people out of Egypt. They're not yet in the promised land. They're in the place in between. Seems like the place we're in right now. They're in the moment or season of transition. They're stuck in pause in the wilderness. And Moses is having grumbling of all the people. They're complaining because they have no water. And, and, and he's afraid for his life. And God comes through with a miracle, gives them water. And, and in that hour, the Amalekites come down. And they suddenly, completely unprovoked, they... they they attack the Israelites in the moment of their weakness, in the moment of their confusion, when they're not in their old home, yet not in their new, when, they, when they're hungry and thirsty, when they're weak. That's when the enemy comes to attack. By the way, that's one of the schemes of the enemy. He wants to come in and attack, not when you're at your strongest, but when you are at your lowest point, he comes in at the hour of weakness to see how much damage he could do. And here come the Amalekites. They were the descendants of Esau. And they are coming against the Israelites, the descendants of Jacob. Make no mistake, we are the descendants of Christ. And the descendants, the demonic powers of the Antichrist, of Satan, hate us because we're his children and are coming against us. The Amalekites are coming against the Israelites. And they're coming to, to war against them. And, and Moses tells Joshua, his young commander, he says, you go down into the valley. You fight this battle. He says, I'm going to go up to the mountaintops. I'm going to go up to the hills and I'm going to take the staff of God with me. This was the rod that, that saw the Red Sea split. This was the staff that brought water from the rock, the one that was thrown down in Pharaoh's court, turned into a snake and came back into its uh, natural state in the hand of Moses. This was the supernatural staff of the Lord. And Moses says, I'm going to take this up to the hill. You go down there, you fight, and I'll pray. So as the battle began, Moses lifted his arms up, holding the staff of the Lord. And as he held the staff up, the battle began to turn towards the Israelites. You know this story? And whenever he was holding the staff up, they were winning the battle. But Moses was an older man and his strength began to fail him and he began to put down the staff. He was overwhelmed with exhaustion. He became weary. He wanted to do the right thing. He wanted to keep the staff aloft, but but the natural elements of his own strength, he began to bring it down. And when that happened, Joshua and the Israelites began to lose the battle. But here came the saints, Aaron and her, the priests, they came alongside Moses. They had him sit down and they grabbed his arms and they held his arms up. The Bible says from morning until sundown, they held his arms up and his arms held the wooden staff over the valley. And as long as the staff was aloft, the victory was happening underneath. I want you to know we are in a battle. It is a supernatural battle. But I want you to know our victory does not come from our own strength, our own tactics, or our own ability. Our victory comes from something that's happening above us right now. I want you to know we have a greater priest than Moses who is holding his own wooden staff aloft. It is not Moses that's praying for us, it's Jesus that's praying for us. It's not Moses that's above, it's Jesus, the great high priest who is above. And yes, we're in a fight here below, but as long as Jesus is the one interceding for us, I want you to know if you don't give up, you're going to win this battle. And even if it seems like the tide of the battle is turning, look up to Jesus again. I lift my eyes to the hills, says the psalmist. From where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The creator God is the one that brings our victory, not from below, but from above. What are you saying, Jordan? I'm saying there's something supernatural going on here. And you're not gonna find your victory from the stock market, from the state, from education, or even from your brothers and sisters on your right and left. A 1,000 might fall at your right, 10,000 at your left side, but as long as the Lord's got your back, you will not just survive, but thrive. What am I saying? Yes, we're in a battle, but there's something going on in the supernatural where God Almighty is, and he is looking down at you, and he has not removed his hand from you. He has not backed down. His strength has not failed him. Therefore, your strength will not fail you. Keep fighting. Keep praying. Keep pushing. Come on, get back up. You say, well, Jordan, I haven't been to church in five months. I've backslidden. I'm tired. Yeah, I understand. We're all going through difficulties, but don't stay down forever. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is lifting up not just the staff, no, no. It's the wooden cross of Jesus Christ that is reigning above your battle. And Jesus has never, ever lost a battle. And he's not gonna start with you. His The, the cross of Jesus Christ is reigning over the battle. Therefore, victory is the Lord's. Jesus said, and if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all men unto me. May salvation come from this strange season. I have told you these things, Jesus said, so that you may have peace. Why did Jesus say, why did Jesus say, say it that way? I've told you these things so that you may have peace. Why is he telling us, hey, I've let you know these things so that you'll have peace unless he knew we were going to go through situations where peace would not be our reaction. Anxiety would be our reaction. Frustration, anger, unsurity would be our reaction. But Jesus is saying, no, no. Remember, everything I've told you is so that you can have peace. Peace in the hour of adversity. In this world, you will have trouble. Battles, fights, frustrations. But take heart. Come on, find your courage again. Come on, get your faith up again. Renew your hope again. Stir your passion again. Come back to Jesus again. Get around the saints again. Begin to pray in your prayer language again. Come on, put worship music on again. Come on, come to the gathering of the of the disciples of Jesus Christ again. Take heart, for I have overcome the world, and he who overcame the world has put his spirit in me. I want you to know this battle was not designed for you to lose. But the great high priest is lifting the cross of Jesus over your life and the blood of Jesus is over your body, your mind, and your soul. The blood of Jesus Christ is on you. Now you look like Jesus. Now you sound like Jesus. Now you act like Jesus. Your identity is now Christ. So you're unstoppable. So you're victorious. You know, I feel like right now, we as Christians should be prepared for this hour more than anybody else. You know, we should be pre- prepared for what we're going through more than almost anyone else. Why? Because the whole Bible promises us persecution. Over and over, the Bible says you're going to have trials and tribulations. It never promises a, a life free from all difficulties. That's not the gospel. The gospel, it's pretty clear, it says over and over, you're gonna have times of difficulties and trials and tribulations, and there are some things you're gonna to have to go through. And Jesus himself says, in this world, you will have trouble. We should be prepared for moments like this. We should be ready for moments like this. Yeah, persecution is promised, but so is victory. So is victory. So is overcoming. So is perseverance. So is pioneering. Yeah, persecution will come, but so is victory if you do not faint in the hour of adversity. I want to encourage you, church, keep your chin up. Keep your eyes open. Keep your faith up. You will win this battle if you just keep fighting. Are you with me, church? You'll win this battle if you just keep fighting. Know your king is high up on the hills, He's in another dimension, but his hand is stretched towards your children. His hand is stretched towards your job. His hand is stretched towards your mind. He has not removed his hand from this nation. I have no idea what's happening, nor does anyone else, but I know that no matter what happens in culture, our faith is in kingdom. No matter what happens in election, our faith is in king. Jesus's hand is stretched towards his people. And in the end, we win. So don't back out now. Don't believe in the wrong thing now. Don't find a new doctrine now. Stay faithful, church. See what God will do in you and through you if you just keep your faith up. Because you're called to victory. What does victory look like? I believe victory right now maybe looks different than victory has looked in the past, different than how victory will look in the future. So so what is victory right now? I believe victory right now is enduring stability. Victory right now is persevering adaptability. If you're able to withstand the pressures right now, if your faith grows strong and deep right now, the roots that were holding you, if they go deeper right now, I'm telling you, that's victory. If you don't faint, fall out, give up, that's victory. Like right now, I feel like we are in um, like white water rafting. Have you ever gone whitewater rafting? It's 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 not something I would personally be interested in, you know. You don't know what's coming, you know? And and I feel like we went. You know, just has like a a group of people, the world. We got into this raft expecting, you know, the lazy river. But what we found in 2020 was the rapid river. And we're we're (laughs) the raging river. And we're going through like class five rapids right now. You know, completely unexpected, totally unprepared, honestly untrained. And, And we're in the boat and we're getting hit by multiple waves all at once from all different sides. It's like when Job, in the book of Job, when he's getting one terrible piece of news from one messenger, the Bible says, as he was speaking, another messenger arrived and told him another terrible thing. It, that's what 2020 feels like. Like this unbelievable testing and one thing after another. And at this point, nothing nothing would astonish anybody. If aliens showed up, it'd be like, yeah, I don't, yeah sure, got it. You know, it's just crazy. And we're all feeling it, you know, and and and... And we're we're trying to figure out how to get some control, but we're in classified, like you can have your little paddle, but it doesn't really matter how much you paddle. You're not going to go where you want to go right now. You're not going to go at the speed you want to go. I'm not saying this will be how it is forever. Honestly, I hope that when we come around the corner here, we're going to find some nice still waters where we can go at our pace, where we can lean back and have a conversation and look at the stars and relax. But right now, We're getting hit by rocks and we're getting hit by by the river and we're getting hit by the water and the waves. And and, and so what do we do? Can I just give you some pastoral leadership advice? My advice to you is just to hold on. Just hold on. You might be saying, well, I had all these plans. I know, put the paddle down and hold on. I don't know what's coming next, nor does anybody and your response might be to, no, 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 I gotta take control of this situation. But the reality is, if we embrace the fact that we've got no control, maybe we can have faith that supersedes our own ability to control. Maybe right now we have the opportunity to trust not in our strength or in ourselves or in our way, but maybe right now we have the ability to just trust in God, saying, God, you knew we were gonna, gonna get on this raft and you knew the river we were gonna go down. You have not forgotten us, you're with us, So keep us afloat. I just wanna encourage you, right now is not the time to jump out of the ship. Right now is not the time to fool around and get swept overboard. Hold on to the anchor that is the word of God. Get alongside the people of God. I know that their reaction to the river might be annoying. Some of them are screaming, some of them are, are 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 crying, some of them are, you know, their helmet hit you in the face. I know, but you need the saints right now. And even if they frustrate you a little bit, you need them right now to pray together, to speak together, to cry together, to laugh together, and, and honestly to survive together. I, I want to encourage you, let go of the control thing and grab on to the anchor that is Christ. Grab on to the people that are Christ's followers. And I believe we're going to make it through this thing. I believe we're going to come around the turn and, and we're going to be able to, to live a life again. I, I don't know if it will be the same life. Honestly, I don't, I don't even I hope God changes the whole world. And I hope when we come around the, the, the bend, I pray it's revival on the other side. I, I pray our new normal is a supernatural revival. And, and honestly, I think it might even get more rapid until we turn this corner. I don't know how long it's gonna last, but my encouragement to you right now is let go of your plans, let go of the past, and hold fast to trusting God. And if we turn around come around this corner and it's a waterfall on the other side, we'd be like, ah, of course. We knew that thing was coming. I'll see you all in heaven. But if not, I know God's got good things in store for his people if you just don't give up now. Hold fast and trust God. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, that's where we're at, you may be able to stand your ground. Persistence, perseverance, stability, inner strength, faith. Come on, put on the armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you won't be shaken. You won't be swept away. You won't drown in fear. You won't drown in nervousness. You won't drown in anxiety. You won't drown in false belief. No, put on the armor of God so that you'll stand your ground and after you've done everything, stand, stand on the word of God with the people of God. Hear me, every single generation has had to face its day of evil. How will we respond to ours? Will we be faith-filled people, the unstoppable church of Jesus Christ, or will we be the generation that folds, that goes after a false gospel or false teacher or false ideology? Will we be the generation that cowards in fear and doesn't rise up in faith, what generation will we be? Because we are not the only generation that's gone through plague. We are not the only generation that has gone through times of turmoil. How will we respond, church? I pray we trust Jesus with all that we've got and our faith grows and it is a witness to many. In the 1930s, 1940s, World War II was coming. um, In England, they knew that, The German military was going to invade England in all likelihood, and it was going to begin with an air assault. And knowing this, they printed up these banners, and they shipped them all over England uh, to get the people's spirits up. And, And I'm sure you've seen it, the famous British poster that says, keep calm and carry on. It's the most British saying ever. And what they were saying is have courage in the face of adversity. And they were printing it everywhere so that people's spirits would be prepared for the devastation that was to come, and it did come. When the London Blitz began, there was 56 straight days of bombing in the day or at night from the German uh, aircrafts. Uh, 40,000 people lost their lives. Two million homes destroyed. You wanna talk about devastation? You wanna talk about the season of adversity? Unbelievable, that's what their generation had to go through, and yet, not lose faith not give up, not collapse. They did it, you can do it. Keep calm, get your faith up, and carry on. Because if you don't give up, you are going to win this battle. Can you say amen, church? Galatians 6, 9 says this, and let us not grow weary in well-doing. For in due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Another translation says, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. On the other side of this, I believe is a supernatural harvest. I really believe revival is coming. I pray revival is coming, but we gotta get there. We gotta get there. So how do you survive crisis? I'm gonna give it to you very quickly, some quick thoughts that I believe will really help you. How do we survive this moment Season of crisis. The first thing I'd encourage you to do is is to reposition your perspective. To reposition your perspective. In In the season of peacetime, you become a certain way, live a certain way, act a certain way. But in a season of war, you have to let that old go and walk into the new. And maybe right now is a time to reposition your perspective. Sift out the wrong thinking poor actions, incorrect ways of living that you let seep in because it was never challenged. Maybe now's the time to really confront how do you, how do we operate? Do we operate out of flesh or out of spirit? We all started in spirit because that's how we were saved. Cannot be saved out of the flesh or law. We were saved out of the spirit, but having begun in the spirit, are you now gonna finish in the flesh? Maybe now's the moment to reposition our perspective away from flesh, self, law, old, back to spirit, new, reborn, creation. Look at this verse in Matthew 6. But seek first the kingdom of God. That's my question. Is the kingdom first in your life? Is the king first in your life? Because Jesus is saying, look, this is what I'm looking from you. I'm looking to see you seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he says, and by the way, all the things that you need, they will be added to you. In other words, God says, I will take care of you, but I wanna be first. You need to reposition the way you live, act, believe. Am I, am I, is the kingdom first and foremost? If it is, don't worry. I will add the things that you need. Are there some things that need to be sifted in your life? I believe God is repositioning the church. On a global scale, I think there's a great sifting going on. I believe there's a great separation going on right now. And anything that is not of spirit is being cut out and cast away. God is right now forcing us to choose this day who we are going to serve. Maybe he's making you look at your pyramid of priorities. What's at the top? As you work your way down, is it God, family, church, everything else? Or have things creeped too high that never should have gotten on the pyramid to begin with? God's saying, take a look. Get a re of your life. Number two, how do you survive in this crisis? Focus on today and trust tomorrow to God. So simple. Focus on today. And trust tomorrow to God. Let me show you this verse. So, actually the next verse, right after uh, Matthew 6.33. It says, therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow. Right now, that's what we're dealing with. The anxiety of what's to come. What's to come tomorrow? What about in the election season? What's going on in the, the world? What about our jobs? What about the economy? Make no mistake, there is a spirit of anxiety that's trying to come on us. So people as a nation, on you. But here's Jesus saying, do not be anxious about tomorrow. This is a command from the Almighty. He says, because tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Another trans, oh yeah, right here. It says, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. He's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. Believe me. This is so Jesus. Tomorrow is gonna have enough problems. Only Jesus is that honest. You know, he's saying, don't worry about tomorrow. And you think he would say, everything's going to work out. He says, no, no, don't worry about tomorrow. It's going to be tough tomorrow. So (laughs) you better focus right here. This is a genius way to live life, is to understand where you can affect and put your effort into the place that you can actually affect. You can't affect tomorrow. You can't change it. You could position yourself with wisdom for tomorrow, but all of your worrying won't add a single hour to your life. Won't change what's coming. You have no idea what's going to happen. But God's saying, will you just trust me right now? I know you're in the raft and you're getting hit with every wave. Will you just trust me that I'm in charge? I'm going to captain this thing very well. Just focus on today. You know, a famous uh, psychologist uh, talks about uh, in hours of crisis, how to cope with it and how to deal with it is he says, you have to narrow your time frame. If you're not able to think about next week, then think about tomorrow. If you're not able to think about tomorrow, then think about today. If you're not able to even handle today, handle an hour. If you can't handle the next hour, he says, handle the next minute. He says, narrow, narrow your time frame down to where you can handle. And, and he says this and everyone can make it through the next minute. Everyone can make it through the next minute. And if you go minute by minute, eventually you'll be able to go hour by hour, day by day. This is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, will you trust me with tomorrow? And I'll help you right here in today. Maybe you need to reposition how you've been approaching your days. Think about when Jesus taught us to pray. What does he say? He says, pray like this. Lord, let your kingdom come. Remember, kingdom first. And let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's like Jesus is hearkening back to that story. As Moses is up high and Joshua's down low, God is is saying, begin to pray that the victory is won up there and just translated down here. Then he says this, and give us this day our daily bread. He moves from, from this concept of kingdom, but now he gets very practical, very purposeful, and he's saying, can you trust me with today? In fact, when you pray Pray that God's kingdom comes alignment in your life and then pray very practically. Pray, God, I need your help today. I need daily bread. I mean, something so physical as I'm gonna need the food. I'm gonna need the food that I'm gonna need today. You're gonna have to help me get it so that I'm able to provide. God's saying, I will come and answer this prayer. This is how I want you to pray. This is how I want you to act, how I want you to believe. God, will you just help me today? Will you help me right now? Here's how I wanna say it. Day by day, choose your way. Day by day, choose your way. You know, in James, I was gonna read this whole chapter, James chapter four, if you wanna read it, you can, but in James chapter four, he even says, hey, don't say next year we're gonna go to this town and set up shop and make lots of money and and, and next season we're gonna go here, we're gonna do this. He says, don't even act like that. Make sure you say God willing before you make your plans. Why? Because he's saying you don't get to control what's coming next. You only get to control today. So number three, how to survive, thrive, become in crisis, stay fluid, stay fluid. This is what we've been talking about at the church. The church is in a very strange season. Of course, we've never dealt with anything like this. No one, no one has, you know, we're online, obviously. And, uh, we're having physical gatherings as well, so we're having on-site gatherings, and we have crews meeting, some in homes, some digitally, meeting all over. We have people really all over the nation that watch this broadcast, and, and, and some of them even say, hey, this is how I'm attending church right now, which is awesome, and we're, 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 we're trying to feel it out. You know, obviously, we're, we're meeting, when we're on-site, we're meeting in the field, so if it rains one day, it's like, well, what do we do for church? So we're watching the weather, and we're praying hard, and It's the middle of the summer, so we're trying to see how hot it is. Literally, week to week, we're unsure what church is going to look like. Week to week. Things that we would have always taken for granted, things that we just thought were always going to be there aren't there. So every Sunday, we're hoping we're able to have church. Every Sunday, we're trying to figure out what is this going to look like. In one sense, it's terrifying. In the other sense, it's exhilarating. But in all the senses, we have learned one very important thing. We're going to be led by the Spirit. And I know we would say that, but, but this is what it looks like very practically. Week to week, we're trying to feel what does the Holy Spirit want us to do? Where are we going to go? How are we going to reach out? With We Heart Lives, what does it look like in this season? Even for my sermons, you know, for, from week to week, what has happened that I can help pastor you through? This is where we're at right now is just to be led by the Spirit. Next year, who knows? 2025, no clue. Next Sunday, I'm not sure. I'm honestly not sure. But I do know that God loves his church, that he's going to build his church, that he's going to gather his people together, however that's going to look, that we are going to be mighty, prayerful, worshipful, encouraging, that there's gonna be unity amongst the saints, even when a spirit of division tries to come in, that God is greater and his spirit is greater than that, that he's gonna build up his saints, he's gonna protect us, he's gonna love us, and he is gonna lead us. But what's our responsibility? We gotta stay fluid. We gotta stay fluid. It's easier said than done. It's a little bit difficult to break out of the what was, in order to embrace what will be. Look at this in Galatians 5.25, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. See, that's how the Spirit leads you, one step at a time. Sometimes he's moving fast, sometimes slow. Sometimes it's a straight line. Sometimes he's going up uh, hills, down valleys, all over the place. And our calling, your calling, is just to live by the Spirit by keeping in step with the Spirit. In other words, you're gonna have to ask the Holy Spirit every day, today, God, what's the step? Your word is a lamp unto my feet. What's the step? What are you calling me to? What are you challenging? What are you convicting me of? Tell you, it's become so real. I, The Bible has come alive to me. The epistles of Paul have come alive to me in a way I never thought was possible, just on a whole new level. It feels like Paul is texting me every day It's like he's texting me when I'm reading Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians. It's just so powerful. It's so relevant because the Bible was born in adversity. The Bible was born in persecution and tribulation. It becomes more relevant the darker that the days get. So what can we do? Walk with the Spirit, step by step. Acknowledge that in Proverbs it says... That the heart of man plans his way. There's nothing wrong with planning your way, but know this, that the Lord establishes his steps. So make your plans, but hold them loosely. Make your plans, but know that God is gonna take over. Make your plans, but allow God to change your plans. How do you survive this crisis? Reposition your perspective, focus on today and trust tomorrow, and stay fluid, which is to say, I'm not gonna force my way, I'm gonna find his way. One thing I've thought of a lot in this season is that Bruce Lee quote where he says, Be water, my friend. And he's talking about adaptability when the fight comes to you. And he talks about water. He says, When you put water in a cup, it becomes the cup. You put water in a teapot, it becomes the teapot. It can drip or it can crash. Be water, my friend. It's a brilliant concept that I think I'm saying to you right now stay fluid. What you are today is not what you'll be tomorrow. Where you are this season is not where you'll be forever. Stay adaptable, stay faithful, stay hope-filled. Come on, stay with perseverance. God's with you, he's for you. God's hand is outstretched over your fight in your life. Yes, things are going to get very difficult over these next few months, probably even more so than they are right now. But church, keep looking up, keep fighting, keep praying, Keep pressing, stay in the boat. He's the captain, we will not sink. This battle will not end in defeat if you just don't give up. Thanks for listening to the Awakening Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. If you wanna learn more about our church, visit us online at awakening.global. We'll see you soon.